What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. I'm Sam Allen, joined with Matt McFeely. And we, it is a happy Friday here for some of us, although for if you're a lot of Yankee fans, maybe not the happiest of Fridays for you. Uh, Yankees fall down to a deep, dark midnight abyss. Some would say a lot of Taylor Swift fans would say today. Oh, what, a, what a masterpiece. I mean, talk about a happy Friday. Yeah. What a, have you listened to any of it? No, I haven't. Haven't done that yet. Any any of your friends talking about it? Uh, no reviews this early. <laughs> it's uh, but I want to I will listen to it. I'm as much of a uh, Kanye West fan. I have been up till, you know, recent stuff, but I'll, I like music, so I'll, I'll give Taylor Swift a listen. Sure. But anyway, let's get over to the the second biggest story of the day. The New York Yankees <laughs> down in 0-2 hole to is it too soon to call the Houston Astros their daddy? No, I, I've it, it's it, I've actually never seen anything like it. Um, But I mean, I don't know. I, I guess you go into into game one and, and you, you weren't expecting to win that game, right? You kind of went into it saying this probably isn't a game we're going to win, but you had to win one in Houston. But, uh, you know, just just as far as the pitching matchup goes, but Tyone goes out there, he pushes, gives you four and a third. And then after four innings, after five innings, you find yourself in a, in a one one tie, uh, thanks to a home run from Bader, who's probably been your most reliable player so far. Um, and then I want to talk about the bullpen, because I think we all kind of collectively agreed that that's not a spot that Clark Schmidt should have been in. Uh, I know they just came off a five-game set less than 24 hours before, but for him to come in in that spot over, say, a Lou Trevino or even a Miguel Castro, uh, it just didn't make any sense. And, and the Astros were able to tack on a couple solo shots from some of their lesser premier players and Guriel and McCormick there. Verlander, obviously brilliant. I, I guess I guess anyone would be against this Yankee lineup right now, but they strike out 17 times. Four of those strikeouts come with runners in scoring position, which, oh, by the way, those were the only four bats they had with runners in scoring position. But I'll get back to the strikeouts. I'll get back to whatever. Then last night happens. Um, Severino was good. You would agree? I mean, it, I he, thought maybe I thought he, he wants, looked great. Right. Maybe he wants two pitches back. And I guess that would literally, be literally. Sorry, I don't mean to stop you. But literally two. Yeah. Hit bat, hit Maldonado and then the home run. And the home run really wasn't a terrible pitch. It was a three two count. Yeah, um, but especially our friend Ryan, we hear a lot of this people who think that the strikeouts or the not hitting with runners in scoring position, that it's overblown, it's overstated. Well, let me ask you this. Why did the Yankees not get shut out yesterday? Because they put the ball in play and they're lucky enough to, to actually have a double error by Valdez, who, who pitched well. That's the only reason they scored Very any well. runs. So this isn't like a 162 game metric where it's just, well, home runs are what win. It's you're in spots in close games because the Astros are doing the bare minimum offensively and you have chances to score and you're not. So, yeah, I do have a problem with striking out about 30 times in two games and just leaving ducks on the pond like there's no tomorrow. Well, OK, so let me let me unpack that let's start with what you just said about striking out while I don't disagree with you what I would say is what do we say about uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefa right like the Yankees got him and they 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 knew what he was going to be and he performed exactly to the back of their baseball card so why is it so different that 
the Yankees have been like this for multiple seasons now, and people are still saying, put the ball in play, put the ball in play. That's not what the Yankees are. They're just not that. That's not how they're constructed. In order to change, they're going to have to tear it down and rebuild. And, hey, look, for the, the poster boy for all this, and look, Aaron Judge is an amazing hitter, right? I don't care what his postseason numbers are. He's a natural, amazing hitter, and everyone everyone knows it. But he's like the epitome of, I guess, what he's doing now, and him and Stanton are doing to the epitome of what that is, that belief that we either want you to hit a home run, walk, or if you strike out, so be it. We'll, we'll rely okay. on a home run. Can, but can hold we... on. Let me, let okay, me, let me spin it back. Go ahead. What I don't, well, I don't disagree with you. The argument against is how have the Astros scored their runs? They hit home runs. There you go. So it's an, it's a, it's an unwinnable argument on either side. But, but you would agree that the Yankees were constructed to beat this Astro team. Yes. So, uh, so you said that yesterday and like, I think, the answer is not the answer is not no, but it's also not yes. It's somewhere in the middle where like the Yankees are. I don't think the Yankees went into the season and constructed this team to like just to exactly to the Astros' weakness. I think they the Yankees just put together the best team possible. They did, and maybe when they're fully healthy with DJ LeMayu and Andrew Benintendi, and I said this yesterday, I think they win. What are the Yankees missing right now? Like you said. They they are built. Their core is to just hit home runs, strike out or walk three true outcomes. But at the trade deadline and when they re-signed DJ LeMahieu, they realized, mm, you know what? Yeah, we do. can We can hit a, a couple home runs and we're definitely going to strike out a lot. But maybe like one or two contact guys that we can bring in to set the table and make those home runs even more uh, even more uh, damaged pitches yeah, or got, you know making it. them pay for them. Um, but now guess what the Yankees don't have their two best contact guys. And guess what the Yankees are failing at doing contact, but back to the bullpen. I want to start there. So in game five of the ALDS in the last game against the guardians, Nestor Cortez goes out and pitches pretty well. Loiska comes in, throws 25 pitches. Clay Holmes comes in, throws 15 pitches. Wandy Peralta closes it 16 pitches. And then they're not available the next day in game one of the ALCS with a rest day in two days. Like, I don't forget the usage, like forget like who was actually used. Isn't it a little concerning that one? Cause you got to think Wandy was on the IL pretty recently to the end of the season. Clay Holmes, whether it was a fake IL or not was also on the IL towards the end of the season. And then, uh, Loisco was on the IL for a long portion of the season as well. So it almost leads you to believe, like, is it that Boone just wants to rest them for later games? Or sorry, not Boone, but I guess the Yankees want to rest these guys for later games? Or what I might even take out of it is, are these guys like 100% to be going these back-to-back games? That's what I, That was the first question that crossed my mind, was I, I don't know if these guys are – not maybe not stretched out because they're not starters, but like, I don't know. We what what is the constant thing we've been saying about the Yankees and the, the young kids, right? Yeah, Carrera is good, but right now the stage looks too big for him. Maybe you should have brought him up earlier. Yeah, Peraza made a really nice play last night, uh, but he looks a little bit overmatched at a plate. Maybe you should have brought him brought him up earlier. Would it be crazy to say that the Yankees just are not good at managing these time frames of bringing back guys from the IL or bringing up guys? from the minor leagues is that is that just a simple answer 
I guess so. But, but to your point, I mean, I don't think there's there's anyone that that shouldn't be able to go two days in a row after say a 14 15 pitch out. Well, well you're right, but you you're when you say that I feel like you're assuming even playing field everyone's at full health. What I'm proposing is maybe these guys aren't necessarily at full health. Maybe it's like like I could first I'm not saying this is the case and there's no source to say this, but this is just pure speculation and just I guess uh educated assumptions but like to me it's looney tunes to say that someone's not available on a back-to-back of a game one and a game two of the alcs that's crazy talk that's crazy talk like any like same thing another guy mac carpenter they maybe they should have brought him up for that last texas series let him get 10 12 at bats get his feet wet a little bit back into the into the swing of things before throwing him into hey hey bud go pick up a bat and go face justin verlander with the game on the line yeah like, how, many, on. how many how many how many at bats has he had in the postseason so far i think he still struck out on every single one right i think it's like eight yeah it, it's it, it, he can't be i would if i don't think carpenter gets thrown or gets Put in unless he's starting as DH again, maybe like in a second Verlander start. I think the Yankees like that spot there with having Stan in left field, like maybe like a, cause what is it? Two. And then there's three at home, correct? Three in the Bronx and then yeah. two in yep. Houston. They get three at home, two at Houston. Okay. So maybe in like a game six or game seven against Verlander, maybe they would go back to Matt Carpenter, but I think it might be a few games before you see Matt Carpenter again. I, I just don't think he's like, there, I would even, I would even go as far to say, and what Boone said uh, to, to on the Michael K show was, um, because K asked him, well, you said that DJ LeMahieu and Ron Marinaccio could be possible injury replacements. Boone's words, by the way. Yep. But is it possible that the Yankees could just say, yeah, Carpenter's foot's not there. We're gonna we're gonna put him on the IL during the playoffs. Sure, we'll lose him for the rest of the playoffs, but hey, here comes DJ LeMayhew and look who's starting at third base tonight. Yeah, I I suppose. Like, would that be crazy at no. this point? No, but like, there's I feel like that would be a good move, honestly. Yeah. But but since you mentioned LeMayu, I'll tie it back to what you said earlier. Um when you said they're missing their two contact guys. And the Yankees are built to hit home runs. That's what they are. So why are we asking them to, to, to do otherwise? They're not hitting home runs either. They're I mean, they're, they're, that's anything. how they're producing. It's not necessarily what they're at the rate they're hitting home runs because their home run rate is still about like, you're not expecting guys to hit home runs every, every at bat. Obviously last night, there was no home run hit last night. Both their runs came on unearned that, that one inning. Right. Yep. So, but the, all their runs, I guess what they're looking at is uh, of their total runs output, what percentage of them are home runs? That's the concerning factor, not necessarily how many home runs they hit, but they like to see that what percentage of their runs produced are home runs. And in the playoffs, it's held true to about their, their season long average. Yeah. I mean, sure. That, but I'm look, I, I agree with you. Okay. I don't want it to be spun as if I'm, I'm going to sit here and say, you know, I'm going to sit here with my hands on my ass and, and hope that the every Yankee that comes up hits a home run or if he strikes out, so what? We'll get him next time. I think the Yankees need to hit too. But what I'm, I'm playing almost a little bit of devil's advocate and saying that this is what they would tell you. So it's, it, there's, it my is. point is, there's it's really exact, no, it, that's point exactly in arguing. what they would tell us. That's exactly yeah, what there, they would tell us. There's no point in arguing it. It's just, you're just going to have to live with it until uh, the I'll tell you until like either Cashman moves on 
even if Boone, here's the thing, Yankee fans, that all want Boone gone after his mismanagement of the bullpen. And sure, very, very viable argument. I, I agree that he's managed the bullpen very questionably thus far. But if listen, if if they fire Boone, Aaron Boone Jr. is coming in. Like, the Aaron Boone the third is going to follow him. It's just going to be puppet after puppet after puppet until other things change around them. So yeah, that's to say why, fire Boone is not yeah. correct. That's why Yankee fans asking for Dom Mattingly, listen to me, it's not happening. Maybe it's like a hitting coach. Like, yeah, the Yankees yeah. do like to have, like, experience around these puppets. But uh, for the most part, Aaron Boone, while he might have some say, I would say it's probably, I guess my read on it is, like, 80% front office, 20% Aaron Boone. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then, and then I have to listen to, well, I think, I think the roof being open kind of killed us there. Yeah, that was do bad. You, do you listen to bad. yourself? Do you listen to yourself when you say things? You sound so ridiculous. As if they, they actually, I don't know if you watched the game last night, but did you okay. know when the Astros were up, they actually closed the roof. And then when the Yankees are up, they actually open the roof. I, I don't know, know if you that. caught that. Yeah, I, I got the like the the special broadcast that actually stuck to the it was the roof cam during the middle of when you had commercials. I guess I had the roof cam, so I would see it open and close every time. But I guess every, like they didn't see it on the regular broadcast. Yeah. Wow, I, I didn't know that. I'm totally kidding. I, I I thought you were being very serious. That was really good. I can't believe you actually thought there was a broadcast with the roof cam. Well, no, well, I thought like, <laughs> like you know, like ESPN Plus has like extra camera angles. Yeah, I, that's what I was kind of. Going I, I with. figured that you were saying there was a couple times throughout the night where. Oh, uh, I, I don't see. Know, I see. Perhaps with I the, see. they would maybe spin it as weather, yeah. but then they were opening the roof. That look, if that happened, that would be a much bigger story than well, finding that's, out that's right what here I, today. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I, was, I was about to open Twitter and just search like roof. Yeah, nice. That would have been something. Yeah. All right. So that let's. I mean, game one. They punted it. Look, it was they wanted they wanted to steal a win. Be as mad as you want with them. They the script is there. What do you know about the Yankees? They have a script to everything. They rest days when they're calling guys up, when they bring back guys from the IL. And while you might disagree with those days and those times, it's just what they do. And this was one of those days where they saw resting the bullpen would be beneficial to them in the long run of the series. Period. Stop. Game two. If you're going to do that game one, you have to win game two. You have to. That's that's the plan. The plan was we're going to go into game one and we're going to try and get cute and win the game with Tyone. Hopefully Tyone gives up, gives us four innings, five innings. Good. That's what, it, that's what he did. And that's what he did. And hopefully our the other guys are, you know, B, even C level guys come in and they find it. And if the the coin flip is or the two sides is, yeah, okay, well, if they don't have it, then what do we know? They don't have it, and they don't throw again. And if they do have it, maybe we we can win, get a sneaky win here, and then maybe when we go forward, we have another guy out of the bullpen. That would have been a bigger gain for them. Like, I'm sure the Yankees watched Miguel Castro pitch in, the, in, like, the ninth inning of that game, saw he was actually usable, and chalked that game up as a win for that because they saw Tyone was usable again. He They have, I guess, confidence in him in a pinch. Uh, and they have confidence in Miguel Castro and Harrison Bader still good. So that, that was a, the Yankees saw what they wanted to see out of game one. Okay. Game two. How do you lose that game? 
Yeah. How do you lose it? Like we said, the Astros are doing the bare minimum offensively. Bare minimum. It, it, they, they look, they're presented as this world-beating team. They are not, okay? Like Verlander, yes, he found it in game one. Game two, Valdez, same thing. I thought we put together, the Yankees had good at-bats against him. But, like, they're just, every two-strike count, it's like, I feel like is in their favor. Yeah, obviously they're the home team. The crowd's getting behind them, but like, I mean, you got guys who even Aaron Judge actually had a couple good at bats yesterday. I thought yesterday Judge had the best at bats of the postseason. But I mean, Jordan Alvarez is doing really nothing. He's hitting 167. Altuve might not even bring a bat up to the plate next time he goes up there. And you're getting you're getting beat by Yuli Gurriel, Chaz McCormick, and Mar- Martín Maldonado. Yep. <laughs> versus uh, your big shiny toys and Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Rizzo, Donald, your your twenty five million dollar prize third baseman, Josh Donaldson, who can't hit a curveball to save his I, life. I was just going to ask you, why does it feel like right now at any breaking ball, it's like the Yankees just wave it every single one. Well, I think I, I I agree. They they definitely do look like some of their at bats, especially against the breaking ball, have been very. Uh, well, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying they're not taking good at bats. It's just like I, it just feels like they they strike out on breaking balls so much. Well, that that'll lead me into the into game three because Lance McCullers does feature a couple nice breaking pitches. He's got like that'll, that'll a, be uh, that'll be game four. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. So but you got Cole against uh, Christian Javier tomorrow in the Bronx. I meant I sorry, I did mean game four because I know McCullers is on the horizon. What I was gonna say is game four, you need to I mean game three you need to win because I think there's a tough matchup for the Yankees in game four, given what you said about them being so bad against the breaking ball. Like I think I, I think the Yankees could easily look at these next two games and just chalk them up as a win. Yeah, you probably win tonight with Cole in the mound or tomorrow, tomorrow night with tomorrow with Cole in the mound. Rough day for you. No, I just I don't know what day it is. I, I fell but, for roof. I fell for roof cam. So, okay, yeah, it's, yeah. Who's really having a rough day here? Um, so I think game three is of the utmost importance, even more because I'm fearful of the game four matchup for the Yankees. Now, look, I believe in Nestor, but they the Yankees until they can prove to me that they can hit a breaking ball, I'm scared about game four. Yeah. And the Yankees don't really seem like they know what to do with the lineup right now. And, they, and they're looking for something. What, do you, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Well, I like I like Bader leading off. I do. I agree. I, I would like I think the two guys that have put together the best at bats the entire postseason have been Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo. And I think that against a team with such good starting pitching, if you can make the first two batters uh, of Bader Rizzo and then judge and Stanton on the horizon for that pitcher. I think that gives them the best chance at putting immediate stress on a starting pitcher. So what I would like to see is I would like to see Rizzo up to the two spot, especially not against a lefty, but put judge down to three. Look, it can't get worse. So you might as well move him around. He's lost. I think he's lost the ability to say I'm staying at two. I don't think he actually says that, but He's lost the right to have that two spot because he's just he had a good he had a good at bats last night. But look, I think if you can get Judge up, even with if you're in the first inning and let's say Justin Verlander's on the mound and he's already gone 15 pitches to and 
to Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo in the first inning. I think I'm take I like those chances against Verlander in their first inning there with like twenty close to twenty pitches. Yeah, that, that's the approach I'm taking. Given not only how just helpless he's been, Josh Donaldson. I mean, he is a walking capital K. Not only given how bad he's been, and and he scratched out a hit last night, um, but but also given what we just talked about with the the not hitting in key spots, do you? Do you just do you look to just remove him from one of these games or do you just play Yankee ball and you just keep running him out there and say, well, listen, you might hit a home run. It's very possible. And I think that I don't think they do it for game three, because like you said, I he did get a hit. Um, he got a hit in a walk last night. I mean, like that's a that's a good game for Josh Donaldson. Yeah. At this point. Right. Uh, he actually had hit the game before as well. So to I don't think they're going to take him out. If they were to take him out, however, I don't think they would go IKF at third. I think what they would do is they would take Donaldson out at Houston, put Stanton back in left, Oswaldo at third, Peraza at short, Glaber at second, Rizzo at first. And then here another question they have is, and Higgy didn't look good last night either, but Trevino's not hitting. I mean, no one's hitting, but Trevino hasn't been hitting for a while now. And he was your all-star catcher that was a, was dynamite in the first half of the season. Yeah. So the Yankees also don't have a catcher right now. So, I th- again, I, th- I think that uh, Higgy, the rest day will be, I think Higgy is going to be catching for Severino and only Severino going forward, unless like a pinch hit opportunity comes about, something like that. But, uh, yeah, I thought Severino looked good. Uh, again, he made two bad mistakes, right? What do we say about Garrett Cole all year? He's made two bad mistakes. Luckily or not too bad, but he makes a mistake every game that results in two, three runs. But Luis Severino, I thought, and I, I texted this in a group chat right after the first inning yesterday, and, and he, he struck out. I think he had like two strikeouts, Pena and Alvarez in the first inning maybe. And I was like, uh-oh, Sevi might throw a gem today because his struggles have been in the beginning of the game, and if he's looking sharp in the beginning of the game, I think he's going to keep rolling. And he, I thought he was rolling and he just made that one bad pitch. And it's so frustrating because right after that, the Yankees bounce back and score two runs. And it's like, Oh wow, this is going to be one of those games like in the playoffs against the guardians where they Severino goes out. Was it the guardians when he hit that home run when Severino started, he got like five in the first inning or something like that. Like 2018 when, when who hit the home run? I think it was someone on the Guardians. I think they were, it was like a wild card game, and he gave up like four runs in the first inning, and the Yankees ended up winning. It was a Severino start. Yankee fans don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just blanking right now. But I thought it was one of those games where Sevy kind of folds to start the game, and then the Yankees pick him up offensively. And in the fourth inning, after they scored those two runs on an error, I was like, oh, wow, Valdez is finally going to have some heat on him. And then just like Verlander, he just found it again and was just started to mow guys down. They lost their approach. I thought their approach in the first inning, even the second inning, even up to the third inning, I thought the approach was very good. And then after they got guys on base and we started to look for like little hits, they just totally were just off their game. And I, they just got to stick to their game plan. That's it. They, they can't, I think they just get, they get scared off by the opposing like bullpen coming in or something, or, Maybe they're too worried about pitch count early and they're looking for perfect pitches. But man, like, I don't know. 
yeah. I'm at a loss of words, really. I mean, I know I just said a lot, so there's not much more to say, but I, I it's baffling. Yeah, I mean, listen, as bleak as it, as it feels right now, and as close as I am to considering the Yankees dead, like you said, you kind of expect them to win tomorrow. And then you win a game with, with your second best pitcher on the mound against Lance McCullers, who obviously, the, like we just said, the Yankees don't hit breaking stuff well, but he hasn't been great this year. Well, that's, that's what you'll hang your head so, on. I so, mean, you, so you could be 2-2 and then have another game at the Bronx, but unfortunately, the way that the Yankees set this series up is you're going to have uh, Verlander and Valdez come right back in uh, at the end there if the Yankees are able to hang in. So it's going to yeah, be tough. Be rough. Yeah, well, the, the hope is that you got Cole in game three and therefore you can have Cole in a game seven. Yeah. On short rest. So you, so it makes the matchup a little bit even, I guess, uh, as far as pitching and a potential game seven. And I mean, you'll also have guys like Cortez probably available Severino. Well, Severino will probably have pitched game six. Cause you're going to go Cole Nestor back to Seve. No, I can't do that. Tyone, <laughs> I I guess right. I mean, uh, I, unless you just try to you just try to open with Severino. I don't. I think I don't know if they do that. I think this is what I mean when I said earlier. I think the Yankees chalked that first game up as we can start Jameson Tyone as an opener. I think. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I, or Dem- maybe that's their spot they're seeing for Domingo, who also, like another reason, like Clark Schmidt makes no sense is. Like, even if Domingo came in, like, Clark Schmidt game one gets that ground ball double play to end the inning, and then the next inning he gives up two home runs. Domingo Herman is, has features an amazing two-seam. Every, every, all of his stuff is always at the bottom of the zone. And, like, against the eight, seven, eight, nine hitters, how do you not go to a guy like Domingo there? Like, maybe Domingo could give you the seven, eight, nine, and then a whole time around the order. And even if you're looking to punt that game, you just save two innings, three innings even. Yeah, Like, that's how I would have punted the game. Say, Domingo, you go as long as you want. If you really wanted to punt the game. So, um, I think I've, sa- I've said all I need to say. The Yankees need to, the ne- if they don't, obviously, if they, it's not a crazy thing to say, but if they lose the next game, they're done. They're not coming back from four. There's this, there would be zero fight in this team. Oh, 100%. It would 100%. be a backbreaker. Like, this, losing a cold start at home, after losing two in a row, it would just it would be over. There would oh, there'd yeah. be no I, way. I, I'm almost no ready way. to I'm almost ready to count them out right now. There's just a glimmer of hope that you could win with your two best pitchers. Well, I guess the glimmer of hope that if you're a Yankee fan, and this will really be the unless you had any other questions. The last thing I wanted to say was if you're a Yankee fan, you hang your hat on, they got two at their place, we'll get three at our place, and then we'll figure out what the last two. Yeah, who who is who was it that said series doesn't start until you lose a game at home? Yeah, well, I agree. I really, really agree because as long as you, I don't know who it was, but whoever it was, kudos to them because that's a I I'm very true to that. Someone's gonna have to win a game on the road. Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> tough times, tough times. But want to go over to I don't know. You want to go to some tough times? Do you want to go to? We could talk about Knicks, Nets. Well, Knicks. listen, we, we got we got a lot of football to get to, but before we do that, I, I, I do want to talk about that that Nick game the other night. I was I love I was very pleased with the way the Knicks played. Yeah, I they they came out 
fought well. I, I think tonight's the home opener. I believe they're they go against the Pistons, I believe, yep. which is a which is an interesting matchup because the Pistons are a young, scrappy team. I remember last year they had that big uh was it last year they had that big brawl with the Lakers? Remember that guy wanted to fight LeBron? Yeah. 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 Uh, I forget who it was, but yeah, that was earlier in the year. Um yeah, look, I'm excited for the Knicks. Uh, I I think this is. I'm looking at just ESPN right now. Their win probability gives the Knicks a 77 percent chance to win this game. I guess I don't know how that's calculated, but like, I think if the Knicks play like they did against the Grizzlies, they'll win this game handedly. I, but I thought Cam Reddish looked really good. It's a bummer that he didn't play more last season. I guess maybe someone sat down with Thibodeau and said like, "Look, we traded for this guy not to look good on the bench." Like. We traded for him so that he could be an asset to us. And in the first game, he scored like 20 plus points and looked really good. So, yeah, I, I was I was pleased with the way that uh, that Randall played and presented himself as well. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough game for R.J. Barrett, but it'll be fine. You're right about Randall. But what I would say is, like, I mean, if he didn't project himself in like a positive manner on opening night, like what would we be in for? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then for the Nets, uh, Nets are going against the Raptors tonight. Um, they, I think they should win that game as well, but I don't have a read on the Nets right now because they looked like shit the first game. I don't yep. think there's any other way to put it. They got, yep. they got manhandled by a team that will be good, but a team that should not be manhandling the Nets. Yeah. And then in the Pelicans, Ben Simmons finally plays and he fouls out two points. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. Like, obviously, the jury's still out on Ben Simmons, but like, if they're not going to ask him for offense, and they're just going to have him be a defensive play defense against guys like a Giannis. Look, there's a clip. I think the Bucks posted it. I think it was like the last uh, preseason game of the NBA, but it was Bucks Nets, and everything I understood was that the Nets brought in Simmons to guard guys like Giannis. There was a possession that the Bucks posted of Giannis backing down Ben Simmons. Oh boy. If that's why they got him, they're in trouble because Giannis is Ben Simmons is a great defender. I'm not saying he's not, but there there's guys that you can guard and guys you can only hope to guard. And I think that Giannis is one of those guys you can only hope to guard. Uh, I think he's reaching Shaq levels from what I watch. He's just, he gets into the pain. It's, it's two points. There's just no, there, no, no stopping it. Yeah. You might as well not even foul him. Yeah, the uh, the the Lakers uh, urinated all over themselves again. I watched an entire game last night. Actually, Did I you? had it. I, I had four four screens going. Sports Equinox can't get better than that. I had actually, you'll love this. I had Yankees on the big screen, obviously. Talking Yanks live stream with Cole Tucker, Vanessa Hudgens' boyfriend, uh, on my second biggest screen. Then I had the football game on, and then I had the Lakers on my iPad the the entire game. Yeah, and it was uh, so 40, look- 40 screens in your room. But God forbid we ask you to hop on a computer for a podcast. Tough, tough times. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought the I I actually didn't think the Lakers looked bad last night. But my takeaway is they look they can't hit a three to save their lives. Uh, like. Seriously, they're I think they were they're like 18 of like 68 to start the year from three or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't help that when Russell Westbrook goes uh oh oh for eleven from the field. Yeah, yeah. Oh for six. But the from thing three. is 
but the thing is, if you watch the game last night, he actually didn't play terribly. Like, like he made he made some bad plays and he didn't shoot the ball well, but he wasn't definitely wasn't the reason they lost. Yeah, I tuned into I the second think. half because I needed a, a certain amount of points from Mr. LeBron James and I didn't get it. But yeah, you you uh, you love those those player prop bets, don't you? Yeah. The week one NBA player prop bets. There's nothing Vegas loves yeah. more. All right, enough about all that. I'm going to introduce a new segment that we both thought of. Um, pretty much best way to explain it, it's a just a rant. Sports-related, most likely, but something that's been bothering us that might not be the most uh, top, of the, top of the website headline, but something that is pissing us off and we need to rant about. We're going to call it Just Give Me a Minute. And the first one of the year or of the show, Matt has a gripe with, I believe, the New York Jets. Yeah, this actually is kind of a, a top headline one. This, uh, this isn't a very niche rant, but the Jets are four and two, correct? At last time I checked. Yeah, the, the Jets are, are performing way over their heads, or at least at what we thought they were going to be, correct? Many would say so. What is there to be unhappy about? Now, I don't, I don't understand. Elijah Moore has played in 17 games in the NFL, 17, a year two player. He wants out because he's, he's, he's upset about touches. How could you not want to be a part of this? It, you'll just keep grinding. You'll get the ball. Grow with this young quarterback. No one's getting the ball that much. Their top receiver, I think, had two touches last week. And good on the Jets for sitting him down this week and saying, we're not going to entertain trading him. Good. Agree. Agree. D- does this guy think he's Kevin Durant? It makes no sense. I, 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 what was he upset about the Garrett Wilson pick? What was he? Zach Wilson threw for like 100 yards last week. No one's getting the ball that much. And, and who does he want to throw him the ball, by the way? Who, who's who's going to trade for him? D- does he want to go to like Carolina? Huh. Or you're, I, I think you're, you're, that's a valid, that's a valid. Give me a minute. Definitely worth, worth it for the first one. But I think that, it's just so obvious that there's certain guys in the NFL or in all sports that are me guys, guys that want what's best for me. And that's not a guy uh, that I want. You're right. It's not a guy that I don't think any team wants, which is exactly what you said. You know, who would trade for him? I don't I wonder, know. I wonder if he's even like aware of what the Jets are doing or, or how how special it's been so far. I don't even know that he is aware of that. Like, I think that's how much of a me guy he is. That, now, that, like, that would be bad if that's true. And you might be right. But I don't know. If, if you're the Jets, it's like, what do you do? Like, I, I think what do you, you just, do here? You do what you've been doing or what you just decided to do. And, I, and I'm very happy with it. And you know what? It, it's, it's opportunities in this league are far and few in between. So I, Denzel Mims is going to get to play this week. I hope he has a day. And I hope Elijah Morris to sit there and watch it. Well, he will because he's a inactive. <laughs> yeah. For this week, they are, they already said it. Uh, just no injury designation, no limited practice. Just you don't want to be here. We don't want you to be here. So 
It's just like in the midst of what the Jets are doing there, it's like there always just has to be that guy. There always yeah. has to be someone to just throw a wrench into the mix. I, I don't even, I don't even want to deal with them anymore. Well, not, not for but nothing. All year. Not for nothing. I think it's a little overblown. Obviously he's a good player, but when I first saw it, I thought like, oh, wow. Yeah. This guy wants to trade and now he's just going to, you know, it's going to be a back and forth thing all year with the Jets. But like Elijah Moore wasn't, he was having, he wasn't doing anything this year. Like, it's not like he was, he was like a big reason for this or anything. So like, it's, yeah, it's a little bothersome that there's always something, but I think if you're a Jet fan, it's like, okay, we don't have Elijah Moore. Cool. Someone else will step in and take your spot. Oh yeah. No, I, I think the Jets. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a worry. No, I, I like how the Jets are handling it. It's it, kind of like the way they handled Jamal Adams. Um, but I, I just don't get, why does it have to be this? I'm not going to practice today and I'm going to make headlines and I'm going to tweet cryptic things. Why don't you just walk into the office and have a discussion about it? Players don't do that. Well, in all sports, not just football, but it's very rare. You hear like players will go up to the, the GM or something and say, and and like really tell them what's on their mind. It's almost like they do other things like to yeah. beat around the bush. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, but again, I guess we'll just go right into football from there since we're already on the topic. So let's start with the Jets. Um, what, what more can we say so far about this season? I mean, Zach, will, we, we said Zach Wilson's return from injury was week one. And since week one, they've been absolutely dynamite. They Every week they've come out and play. Every, they have never been out of a game. Um, and they've, they've fought hard and their record shows for it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right, G- give me give me the scoop for this week. The the Jets will go to Denver, which is always a tough place to play on the road, at four oh five on Sunday. Uh, Russell Wilson's, I think, questionable. Yeah, I think there was some something with what is it, his shoulder or something? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it would be nice if the Jets got to see a uh, what is it? Is it Brett Rippin? Is that his first name, Brett? It's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Son of Mark. Bradley is it Bradley I don't know I'm not sure whoever that tells a story right there we don't even know the backup's name so if if the Jets can get a get a cheap win there I mean I think they can beat them beat them with Russell Wilson they should you would have to think that you would have to think that they should I, I almost feel like they should be favorites maybe not on the road but yeah you would have to think the Jets are the better team right now, but that Denver actually, defense is actually pretty. It's scary. They, they, yeah, yeah, that's it's going to be a good test for sure. It's not like a they should win, yes, but it's not it wouldn't be an easy win. No, especially with a defense like that. So, hey, and I thought I thought for the first half of last week or the last Denver game, was that the Monday night game? Did they play Monday night? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were on, on prime time again. Oh, um, unbelievable. I thought I thought for the first half Russell Wilson was like ten of ten. Yeah, and their and they, offense looked good, yep. and then nothing happened. Yeah, and then he goes five for eighteen the rest of the way. Looks dreadful. So, but like again, and I think I think we're getting around on the the Jets luck whole narrative thing right now because the Jets are actually a good team. But it would be very Jets like if Russell Wilson finally puts the puts it together against the Jets and yeah. they just get blown out of the water like. Yeah, I think the Jets completely controlling the game in Green Bay kind of wiped away that narrative of like, I agree. The Jets are really just falling into these lucky wins. These, you know, 
I agree, but there's definitely people out there that definitely are still hanging on to that and are definitely looking at this game like, oh yeah, Russell Wilson's easily going to figure it out against us. Yeah, <laughs> the Jets so, are in the, the Jets are in the top ten ESPN power rankings. It was nine, right? Yeah, I think it was nine. Yeah, right. they're not ten. So, but uh, yeah, if the, if the Jets get to go to Denver against a team that recently lost their running back against a backup quarterback, they better win. Yeah, that that's a that's a must win at that point. Um, not really a must win, I guess, because they're five and one. But the Giants going to Jacksonville are not. Are, first of all, this is this might be my bet of the week. The Giants are plus three in Jacksonville. The Jaguars are terrible. I don't know. Yeah, how does that what happen? People seeing them, it doesn't does make any happen? sense. I don't understand that line. It's very fishy, of course, but I don't know the. The Giants have looked they they've looked good, sure, but they've it feels like they're just finding ways to win at this point. Yeah, uh, every week. And and on the other side for the Jaguars, who are now two and four, they're finding ways to lose. Whether it's like Trevor Lawrence, I think had like four lost fumbles in one game or something ridiculous like that. It was like the first time they that ever happened. I maybe mean, might have been three, but he has he had a good week last week. They lose 34-27, right? Yeah. Then he, the Colts then he weren't a, very good. Yeah, to a bad, bad Colts team. You're right there. And then they, they lose 13-6 to against yeah. the Texans. To Houston. And their, off, their offense didn't show up at all. Then they could just get beat by the Eagles because they played a good game, but they got beat. And, I mean, I mean the Jaguars haven't been good since week three against no. the Chargers defense that the Chargers have looked beatable this far as well. Yeah. So – their two wins come against the Colts. They're, they they split with the Colts, and their only other win is against the Chargers, which I'll be very impressive, probably Trevor Lawrence's best game in the NFL. But since then, they've just been on the decline. So how can the Jaguars be the favorite here? If there was no such thing as lines or betting or odds, and you just showed me this game, I would have thought that the Giants should win by 20 points. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I think... I would say I would take if the if I look tomorrow and the line was flipped all the way to like if it was Giants minus like four and a half, I would still take the Giants. Yeah. On the road against I, many. A lot of people are so were so high in the Jaguars. Like I didn't I don't I just never saw it. This isn't a Jaguar show, but now now that they're in conversation, um, I don't know. I never saw it. And I and for the Giants, they should win this game. They can't. This would be a bad loss if they yeah, lost. This I mean, game. I mean, they've they've certainly built up a, a big enough cushion where it won't feel like such a bad loss. But L- look at this. I'm on the ESPN app. The matchup predictor has a, gives the Jaguars a 73 percent chance to win this game. What am I not seeing? <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe they're they're they think the Giants are just fluky. Uh, I, uh, whatever model they use. I don't get I just, it. What could it be about that matchup that favors Jackson? I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know. know but that, this this picture, whatever clip we get from the Giants here, the picture might have to be the matchup predictor for this game. We just might have to post it because I feel like people need to see that because it's crazy. I think yeah. I'm taking the Giants to win this game. No. Yeah, I will too. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's so watch. And I'm not, I don't want to be the one to speak it into existence, but like someone, someone huge will get hurt 
for the Giants, and it will just totally turn the game around, and they're, the Jaguars will win this game or something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think definitely a positive week for both football teams. We could be here Monday very happy. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, it, it's my dad's possible. A- my dad's a Denver Bronco fan, so I'm gonna have to Ooh. gonna have to sit there through that one. Did I ever the tell you the story? Did I ever tell you a story about when I went to Denver for Thursday night football? Yes. Yeah. So I I I fly out there. I go to school in the morning on Thursday. My dad pulls me out of school. We fly down there. Jets are winning the entire time, and they get T-boned in the fourth quarter. Then I fly home that night right after the game, and this guy makes me go to school in the morning. It's the worst Thursday of my life. A dad making you go to school is just terrible to think of. I mean, right after I got home at 5 a.m. <laughs> and the Jets lost a crusher. They got that. Oh, yeah, the Tebow game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But uh, it's possible. I was going to say it's possible we could be here Monday and the Yankees have evened up the series and both New York teams won their football games. Oh, let's not, let's not get a. Let's not yeah, get I'm crazy. just. We could be Monday going in. Our Monday episode could be the Giants are six and one, the Jets are five and two, and the the Yankees all have a home game, have to win two of three, and one of them is a home game. <laughs> it's kind of lame that everything kind of became positive when we started doing the show, because I, you know, I thrive on misery. Yeah, well, there's nothing the, there. The Met, the Met misery is like fizzled out. Yeah, that now. that held me over, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have withdrawal soon. <laughs> But um, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about? You want to go around the league? Done. We're done here. Oh, you want to do around the league now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Let's go around the league. So what do we, where do we want to start? Where do we want to start? Let me pull up my NFL before. How much time do we have left on this? Uh, probably a lot. ESPN app is terrible. All right. So oh. we already spoke about both yeah. of our locals. So let's start with the Falcons going to the Bengals. The Bengals are giving six and a half. Both teams are three and three. You know what? The Falcons just keep covering. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons. Maybe they lose I, by a field goal. I think so, too. And the Bengals have done nothing to impress me this far. They've done their offensive line is terrible. They have like a Jamar chase looked really good last week and they, they did look pretty good last week, but I'm not that impressed. I, I think I like the Falcons with the points here. Yeah, me too. If I had to bet it, I'm that's a game. I, I wouldn't touch with a 20 foot pole, but if I had to bet it, yeah, uh, Atlanta. All right. So we're going to go next game lions at the Cowboys. The return of Dak Prescott, the one and four Lions, and the four and two Cowboys. Dallas also giving six and a half. Yeah, Dallas, they're pretty lucky that Cooper Rush lost his last game. Because I do think that that makes a difference in terms of like, it kind of just, if there was anyone that really was like, I don't know how you go back to Dak. I think that game does change your mind a little bit. And it's only one game, but just coming off of a loss, going back into Dak. uh, I think they were lucky to lose that game. Um to win by a touchdown in Dak Prescott. I think I like I think back. I like it. I think I like it a lot. You know what? I'll, I'll go Detroit. I Detroit's I think is on a re- bit of a regression. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, but I they get, I they get like, Swift back. I I'm think. a big fan of I think they will too. I'm a big fan of the home team 
home teams under a touchdown that also have like something else to root for. Like I like the Cardinals last night because they had DeAndre Hopkins coming back at home. It's like a little extra motivation. I'm a oh big believer God. in that, that. That game that I, I don't know if you looked at the bet that I showed you, but the only thing I, I lost on was I had the saints under 29 and a half points and somehow they score 30. Oh yeah. 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 Come the, on. The Cardinals wanted to lose that game for a little Come bit on. there. Um, next game, the Colts visit the Titans. Colts are three, two, and one. Titans had a bye week. Coming off a bye week, are three and two, and the Titans are giving two and a half. That that's tough. Because I I don't really know what Colt team is ever going to show up. I would like to think that the Colts have more talent, but going to Tennessee, I'll, I'll take the Titans. I think I like the Titans too. I thought I think the Titans. Started off slow, and then I think our last two games, everyone's rested coming off a bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for this game. I really like the Titans in this game. And I'm honestly, I might make them like my pick of the week. Oh, really? I was thinking about Yeah, I really like the Titans. I think the Colts oh, are I, bad. I don't like that game. I, I think this, the Colts are bad. Well, yeah. And I, I think I the, the way the Titans play are is very like clock managed football. And I don't think the Colts have a high enough powered offense to like score as quickly as they'll need to. I guess so. I mean, they did hang 34 last week. No, I, I know, but they, they probably won the time of possession. I don't think they win the time of possession in this game. Right. So um, I think, I think that favors the Titans. So uh, Aaron Rodgers and his broken thumb going to FedEx field in DC to take on the commanders. I mean, your gut is to just say green Bay. But um, uh, it's it's not. I am the biggest Taylor Heineke fan east of the Mississippi. <laughs> I don't, I thought I love Carson Wentz, but I think that Taylor Heineke is a every time he plays, he he does something to impress you. Uh, in my I, opinion, I, I like the Packers to to beat a, a struggling um, Commander defense. I don't know if it's going to be by a touchdown. No, but I, I there there has the Green Bay has to do something right. Um, um, the commanders are my sniff of the week. That that's fair. There, I I lo- I think again, home team r- with a little motivation with the new quarterback and just uh, a shit show going on around them. I think the Brian Robinson stuff is pretty motivating for them at home. Uh, new quarterback with him, I think they're gonna get their young guys involved in this game. And then the other side of the ball, like again, I haven't seen a thing from the Packers to impress me. So. If I lose this sniff because the Packers turn into the Packers, I can live with that. Yeah. All right. So we'll lock it in. Sam sniff of the week. Commanders uh, to cover plus four and a half. At no, 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 no. The sniff of the week is to win. Uh, to win the game. To flat out right, win the so game. So commander's money line. Book it. Yes. The command. Well, I'm going to pull up the money line right now. But the sniff is always the always the, the underdog to win. Yeah. I, I see I, that I plus that. 175. I should have known that. So otherwise, sniff it of the be, week otherwise, it wouldn't be a sniff. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then the two teams that many would argue are the most, one of them is the most confusing team, and the other one is the team that is in the worst situation possible. The Bucks, who are 3-3 three and three and have looked terrible in back-to-back games, versus the Panthers, who, new quarterback, just traded Christian McCaffrey. Players don't even want to play on that team. Kicking players off the sidelines. Yeah. And the Bucks are giving 13. I might not look at this game for a second. 
Um, I, I'm I'm still gonna take Tampa. Didn't, I thought it was funny that I don't know if he said it tongue in cheek. I didn't hear the audio or anything, but Tom Brady saying that he's not thinking about retirement. Yeah, yeah, I I what? did read about that, but mm, what was he supposed to say? Yeah, I've been um, thinking about it. No, like, yes, I'm taking it year no, by year. No, he, he's no, always no, said no, that. No. Okay, year by year is a good answer. I think that's a good answer. Yeah, but like I I had no wrong with. Uh, I had, I had nothing wrong with what he said. No, no, me neither. I, I just thought it was uh, I was I was a little surprised. Um, so you like you like Bucks in that game still? I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean the Panthers are they're probably now the worst team in the NFL. Like yeah, like I, officially. I yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. McCaffrey was their only thing keeping them their head above water. Yes. But um, all right. So next game, another pick that I really like: Ravens hosting the Browns. Ravens minus six and a half. No J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens, but there was no J.K. Dobbins limited last week, and Kenyon Drake got the job done. Yeah, and then some. I, I uh, love I love the Ravens. Yeah, I love the Ravens here too. I think they're they're three they're three and three. But if they were five and one, I would feel the same way about them. Yep. So uh, I I and for the Browns, like one thing about the Browns, I'll say is they I feel like they're. They have a lot of talent on their roster. Like they got guys like Chubb, Njoku. Uh, I mean, their receivers are really whatever, but they got they have some guys in the Browns that can make some plays that can change games. Or and they're another team like the Titans that if you don't have a high enough powered offense, they're gonna control that the ground and the clock with Chubb, yep. and that's just they're just gonna beat you down like that. Yep. So uh, I, I think the Titans and the Browns are very very similar, but the Titans have a better defense. Yeah, just off like the way they play. So, but again, albeit I like the Ravens minus six and a half there. Next game, I might another game I might just not watch at all. The Raiders host. The Raiders are hosting the Texans. One three and one Texans against the one four Raiders. But I think a lot of people would agree that the Raiders have just run into some bad luck. Yeah, um, I guess I like them to cover a touchdown, but every time I watch them, I'm just longing for more. Like, I mean, I they're losing games. They're, this, these are their losses. 30-29 to the Chiefs. Uh, they, beat the, they beat the Broncos 32-23. They lose 24-22 to the Titans. 29-23 in overtime to the Cardinals. And then they, they lost the season opener 24-19 to the Chargers. They're in every game. Yeah. Well, they're a good so, team. So, yeah, I, they are a good team, but they're just they're just losing these close games. But I think against the team a team like the Texans, I think the Chargers get it done. I don't think there's much matchup problems here. I think Devonta Adams is going to have a week and a half. I think Darren Waller was just actually ruled out of this game. Um, even Josh Jacobs has looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, the te- the Texans have been a feisty team. Yeah, that, that's uh, what I would call them. They're also in a lot of games, so it might be risky to take the the seven, maybe give the hook and take six and a half. But, um, yeah, I feel like the Texans are always in games, but I think I like the Raiders to cover there. I think so, too. Um, next game, Seahawks at Chargers. Chargers giving five. I think the Seahawks are on a, were on a bit of a high and are regressing now. I know they'd have, they lost a uh, penny for the year. That's, that was a big hit. Uh, Gino's Gino's looked good in like the first couple weeks of the season, picked it up, and then he's been oh, decent since. Had a decent week last week, um, and then the Chargers, they look ugly as well. 
I don't know where I'm sitting on this game. Um, yeah, I, I, why do we think the Chargers are underperforming? Do we think Herbert's just still banged up? Like, do we think that that's the problem? No, their O line has just been terrible. Been like been dreadful. I think I think Herbert's like the most sacked quarterback in the league, or something like that. Yeah, I mean they they hardly beat Denver. I really think that if that was a bad game too. If Denver doesn't, ends. oh yeah. If Denver doesn't muff that punt nearing the end of overtime, I think yep. that game ends in a tie. Yeah, <laughs> that was just a that was a shit game. Um, yep. but I think like. The, the way I think about this game is if the Chargers are good, this is a this is this line should be like eight and a half. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to believe in the Chargers and I'm going to say yeah. they win by a touchdown. It's exact, And I'll, I'm going to say so if I'm getting eight and a half, I think if, at best these teams both at best. This the Chargers are still a touchdown better. Yeah. So um, I'm taking the Chargers next game. This is a big one. Um, the Chiefs at. The 49ers, Chiefs are 4-2, and two, coming off a loss to the Bills, which was a great game. I just thought they just got beat. I don't think they – there were no flaws. They just got beat. Um, and the 49ers, who have a shiny new toy in the backfield, possibly this week. Yeah, well, I Christian think I, I heard that he's going to be available in some capacity, like goal line packages, things like that. He'll, he'll play. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna play. I mean, I don't think you have Christian McCaffrey – and like, even if the quarter, even if Jimmy Garoppolo has to go in and say like, just whisper in his ear like, "Hey, go run up, go run this route, go run an option, go take this handoff on a cross my face," like he might not be in for every down like he was on the or the featured back like he was on the uh, the Panthers, but I think he'll he'll be in there. But Chiefs giving two to the 49ers, which if you believe in the home and away stuff. That means that the Vegas thinks that the Chiefs are five points better than the 49ers. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Maybe even more. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna arrive with Kansas City again. See, I think I like the I I, w- I would just I think the play here is 49ers money line. Why? <clears throat> I just think I I love the home team, and I think that the 49ers are I think they're better with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. It they uh they just lost to who? Um, they just, let me look at, let me pull up their schedule real quick. They just lost to Atlanta, right? They lost to Atlanta, but before that, they, they lost, they lost to two pretty bad teams. They lost to the Broncos and the Falcons this year and the Bears. Yeah. Give me the Chiefs. Interesting. But they've played, they played really well. They beat up the Panthers. They beat up the Rams and they beat up the Seahawks. So it's like really hit or miss here. Yeah, so they, uh, they beat up or they lose. I'm going Chiefs. I just think they're better. I might flip my pick here, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm flipping my pick. Now I look at those those. I didn't realize that the the 49ers had such bad losses. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I the, in the Bears is looking back on it, that's bad. I know that's Trey Lance, different, obviously a little bit different of a team for the 49ers, but. I'm going to flip that pick. I like the Chiefs. Um, last two games are pretty shit. Dolphins are hosting the Steelers. Oh, Dolphins return of got Tua. Up. Yeah, return of Tua. So if you're a Dolphins fan, a lot riding on this game. Unfortunately, the last time you saw Tua play in primetime game is 
when that horrific injury happened. So Tua makes his return to the Dolphins as well as his return to primetime. Um, the Dolphins are three and three. Steelers are two and four. And the Dolphins are giving a touchdown. Seven points. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Miami at home. I think I think so, too. Again, home team, touchdown, mo- extra motivating factor. I'll take it every time. Last game, and I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just give a pick. Yep. The Patriots hosting the Bears on Monday Night Football. My birthday. What a treat. Um, <laughs> New England giving seven and a half, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Chicago. I don't I don't think this Bailey Zappy thing is real. I'm gonna go the other way. I think I like the Patriots. I just think the Bears are bad, like real bad. And I I yeah. think they the Patriots at home and I I thought Zappy actually didn't look bad last week. And if he plays like that against the the Bears, they're gonna win. So yeah, it's all I'm gonna rely on. So I like the, I like the Patriots giving seven and a half there. So that's our around the league. Anything else you wanted to add? gonna have a lot of editing to do with this one yeah you'll be all right <laughs> but uh as always thank you for listening big weekend coming up we'll probably be back uh monday ish monday tuesday probably to recap everything that went on this weekend uh thank you for listening and as always reach out to us and interact with us on our social uh all of our socials and uh have a good one thanks